There we go. Let's try. We're talking about receiving. Thank you, Bo. Y'all can go home now. That was planned, yes. Zach did not make a mistake. Some of you may have turned and looked at Zach thinking that he was responsible for you not receiving sound. But it's simply because I didn't have me on. I didn't have me on. Y'all can sit. Thank you, team. Y'all led into that beautifully, powerfully. You know, I can blame Zach. I can have him work on it from back there. But uh, mic on is necessary. It's necessary. And many people ask, how do I know when I'm in faith? How do I know when I have faith for something or faith on something? And this is what came to me yesterday. On the new babies here, I'm sorry. I just got totally distracted. Welcome to the family, little man. On has a sound. On has a sound. Off has a sound. But on has a sound. So this morning, we're going to do what we should have done this morning with a mic check. You'll hear us up here sometimes testing. One, two, three. You often wonder if speakers can count past three. Testing. One, two, three. Testing. You know what we're doing? We're doing a sound check to see if everything is connected properly. Well, this morning we're going to have a faith check. Because if we're not receiving, it's not God. Everything's working great back there in the power booth. It's something here. And, And I couldn't help but think of it during praise and worship just then. I mean, it was electrifying down here. But some people, and I'm not being judgmental by your actions, because for some people, just to stand up is, is a praise for them. Some people just walking into church is a praise for them. So I'm not judging actions. I'm not saying, you know, you have to, to praise like I praise or praise like uh, Anna praises. But we should be entering in. We should be connecting. And if we're, if we're not receiving the things of God, we have to look at ourselves. And that's not always real popular to do, but it's crucial because the Scripture says the just or the righteous shall live by And if we don't have faith, we can't live the life God has for us. What is faith? What is faith? Faith is believing and trusting God's Word is true. It's trusting in His character. It's not just reading the Word and knowing what the Word says, but it's reading the Word and going, God's character is so faithful and so loving that when, if He said it, He does not lie. All of mankind may have told me lies, but God cannot lie. God can't do anything but love because God is love. 
And that should start building a trust in me. And I, I don't like to just say faith is believing. But faith is believing and trusting. It, it's, it comes out, it's born out of a relationship. It's not born out of a formula. Of this is how you get faith. Yes, this is how you get faith. But to be able to act on that faith, because there's people that had faith that didn't act on it. Remember the crippled man? The apostle, I believe it was the apostle, uh, saw that he had faith to be healed, but yet the man was still sitting there crippled. So it's not just having faith. It's trusting God enough to put our weight on that faith. To take our step on that faith. That's not my note, so today's message may get a little longer. Faith is so important. If we're going to live by it, we've got to come to an understanding of it. It's how we receive from God. It is how we receive from God. Begging God does not work. Begging God does not work. That's not the system. See, this earth system is built up. It's built on a cursed earth. Adam let the curse in because he bowed his knee to a cursed being. God, God had the garden of it. He had mankind set up. Like he got everything ready. It's kind of like the nursery, right? Y'all didn't wait for the baby to be born to get the nursery done. You get the nursery done and you place the baby in the nursery. That's exactly how... Adam and Eve were, God got the garden ready. He placed mankind in it. And he said, okay, everything's ready for you. All these trees out here are here for you, except this one. Don't partake of this one. And, and Adam and Eve decided to bow their knee to a cursed being, and it led in the curses. This isn't God cursing the earth. This is mankind bowing their knee to a cursed being. Therefore, the curses are in the earth. And faith is God's way of giving us an option to opt out of the curse and to live into the blessing. Amen. We need to know it. The earth offers, offers us sickness and weakness. God gives us an opportunity to opt out of that when he said, Brett, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. So when he, he, those stripes were on Jesus and he bore your sin nature, he gave you healing. But I'm not healed. But my body still hurts, but my, I've still been diagnosed with. Zach, God... Why have I, God, why haven't you healed me? God. People on radio are going to wonder what on earth I'm doing. They're going to wonder what this whole message was about, actually. God, it plainly states that God will not withhold any good thing from us. God's not withholding something. Therefore, begging is not how we Move God. Faith is how we receive what God has already provided through salvation. Salvation is such a big word. Such a big word. It is so much more than me not going to hell. It's me being, being able to sleep at night. It's, it's me being able to, 
to function in life with a strong body and a strong mind. It's me being able to live in peace. It's me being able to have joy when there shouldn't be any joy in my life. It's, it's our way of opting out of what the curse brought in and living in what God intended. Why do you think Jesus prayed that it would be on earth as it was in heaven? If he didn't want you to have on earth the way it is in heaven. How is it in heaven? That's how God wants it in your life. Faith is the how. It's how we receive. So if I'm not receiving, the first thing I check is do I have God's word on what I'm believing for? Do do I believe that God provided this for me? Because if your answer is no, there is no way for you to have faith for it. you got to know that it's God's will for you to have what you're desiring in order to have faith for it. And if you don't get anything else today, get this. God's word is his will. Otherwise, he's a liar. Because if my word's not my will... I'm lying. So if he said it in his word, it's his will. If you can find it in his word, it's his will. That's why the word is so important. That's why it's so important that we, that we read this and that we know not just what it says, but who God is. That he would care for me enough. That he wants my sleep To be sweet, the scripture says. That he wants to fill my chambers, the chambers of my home, with all pleasant and good things. That he doesn't want me to do without, but he wants me to have an abundance so that I can have to give to every good work, the scripture says. And see, if we don't know that that's in the word, and y'all, there's a major attack against prosperity. John was sharing with me some stuff this past week And I'm just like, hey, I know there's been a lot of wrong, okay? I'm not saying there hasn't been a lot of wrong abuses by ministries. But we can't let that take us off what God's Word says. Besides that, you people are getting up and working every single day, giving your time, and if you think prosperity is of the devil, then maybe you should quit your job. But ever since the garden, he told mankind to work. He wanted them to accomplish something and to have the fruit of their labor. That's a godly principle. And so we can't, we've got to know the Word of God. We've got to know His intent. Romans 10, 17, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, but we've got a lot of new people. Praise God. Got a lot of new people that are learning. This is such a crucial scripture. So normally we do it out of the King James Version, and and y'all can say it right with me. So I'm going to do it out of the English Standard Version just to force us out of habit. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ or through the Word of God. Faith can only come from knowing God's will. If I don't know God's will, I'm going to be wishy-washy on it. I'm going to be hoping for it. Hope's great. I remember my dad saying this. He said, hope's great. 
It'll make you smile while the ship's going down. Hope's great. Hope remains, right? 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that. These three remain, right? Hope, faith, and love. But hope is just the starter. We have to have hope before we can have faith. I hope I can be healed. I get in the Word. I find His will. My goodness, from Genesis to Revelation, He is providing healing for His people. Literally, from Genesis to Revelation, he's providing healing for his people. I can see the M.O. and and the character of God in that he took an innocent animal and put that bloody coat on his people to cover them from their sin. I see in the book of Revelation that he has got a tree there, and if the people partake of the leaves of it, it is the healing of the nations. Genesis to Revelation, he's provided our sacrifice the, to opt out above the curse, to live above it. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word. If you don't know the will of God, we don't know the Word of God. It's fixable. Well, I just don't have enough faith for that. That's fixable. Because faith comes from hearing. And your ability to understand comes from you hearing the word of God. Lack of faith is lack of word. Lack of understanding the word. That's it. And it's okay to know where you are. It's, it's okay to go to the doctor. You hear me? It's okay to go to the doctor. If you've got a splinter in your finger, get a pair of tweezers and get it out. Or you can stand there and speak to it and talk to it if you want to. But you can get a pair of tweezers and, and get it out. What about things not plainly stated? Well, the Word doesn't say anything about my career, my whatever. Oh, yeah, it does. It does. Because it's full of wisdom. You can read the book of Proverbs, and if you're lacking wisdom in any area of your life, you are sowing the seed of wisdom into your heart, and wisdom will grow. It'll come out of it. And the scripture tells us that it's found in Psalms 37. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. So if you just, stay, you just keep yourself before God, you know what I mean, in, in lifestyle and in thought, where you can, you're connected, where you're receiving from Him and you're willing to receive from Him, you will know what to do. You'll know what to do. You'll know that you know that you know when you're knower. How does that happen? You got your receiver on. You're connected. And don't say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. Don't say that. Know the character of God is to give you wisdom. James 1, right? If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And he'll give it to you liberally, and he will make you feel stupid for asking. That's what the Scripture says. Let's just turn there. I think somebody might need some wisdom on situations. Uh, James, chapter 1. Hebrews, James. (laughs) 
I've got so many notes written around this scripture. I'll try to give them to you. Verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all, all. (laughs) He giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. And it shall be given him. It shall be. Who needs wisdom? Anybody needing wisdom on a circumstance, situation? Absolutely. We're making decisions, life decisions all the time. You know what he said? The power has already been released. I give to all men liberally. How come I'm not receiving wisdom? If I need wisdom, I'm not receiving. I'm not connected to that. I don't have faith for that if I don't know that it's that power is already present and all I have to do is connect to it. And then just sometime during my day, something pops up on the inside of me, and there's my answer? How many's ever had that happen? Especially during the night when you finally shut up and you shut your brain down and God can actually speak above what you're thinking. And you wake up in the morning and you know, you just know, that's God. That's connection. That's him. That's that's faith at work. It's faith producing. The steps of a good man, they are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. If you need wisdom and you're trying to make a decision, start saying, "Father, I thank you that my steps are ordered by you. I thank you that you give me wisdom. That you've given me every bit of wisdom that I need for this day." Oh, man, I I left off a good part, didn't I? Let me go back. This is important part. I said Hebrews a while ago, so I went to Hebrews. James. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him, but, but let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. That word waver there means to withdraw from, to oppose, or to hesitate or doubt. So we're supposed to ask God and we're supposed to expect wisdom to come to us. And we're not supposed to waver. We're not supposed to oppose that. We're not supposed to withdraw and back down from that. And you know how we do that most of the time? When we let thoughts of doubt that come, and they will come. When we keep them. Because thoughts of doubt with anything you're believing for, doubts of thought are going to come. It's, it's if you don't answer them with faith. It's when you don't answer them with, no, this is what the Word says. And we begin to entertain that doubt, and then we start letting it out of our mouth. And we start, you know, one minute when we're in prayer, we're saying, oh, thank you, God, for giving me that wisdom. I just received that wisdom. Hallelujah. And then you look at your husband or wife and you say, I just don't know what I'm going to do. You wavered. That's a waver. 
That is a waver. And he says, For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. It wasn't God saying, "Uh uh-uh, not going to give it to you. It's like it's out here, but your connection is on and off. On and off, on and off. This morning, Mark, on Sunday school, the connection, there was like a short in the wire or something on online Sunday school. And it was on and off, on and off. Sometimes you could hear, sometimes you couldn't hear. That's what it's like. So we, we've got to hold steady to what the Word says. And wavereth is, to me, that's when circumstances determine if I can believe or not. It's like... Oh, Father, I thank you. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. My goodness, you promised me in Isaiah 53, 1 Peter 2, 24. And we start quoting our scriptures. And then a pain hits. And you're like, oh, well, that didn't work. Look, even if you take medicine, take it in faith. Don't, don't let go of the promise. Don't let go of the promise. Because that is a disconnect from the power. We want to stay connected. Make sure your words are staying connected. Then it says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You know what? I want to reverse that. A single-minded man is stable in all of his ways. So what are we going to be single-minded on? What the Word says. And you can't fight the good fight of faith if you don't have a truth to stand on. If you're not attached to it. You only fight for what you believe in. In any circumstance, you only fight for what you believe in. And he's asked us to fight the good fight of faith in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And so we need to know what we believe in. And we need to stick to it and not waver off of it. Just understand the difference between hope and faith. Hoping that God will do something and believing that God did something are two different things. Hope's great. Don't lose hope. Hope is cheerful um, expectation. We, we need to keep that. Hope and faith are partners. Hope always comes first. Hope is wonderful. It always remains. But hope can keep things always out in front of us. And faith believes it's done. Now, this is a... This is a This is a two-hour message in five minutes right here on this part. Faith is always present tense. If it's not present tense that you've received it, when you believed it, then you're still in hope. If you're believing that God will heal you, if you're believing that God will help you in this situation... That's called hope, and that's great. But when you know that you know that you know that you know when you're knower, that you may not can see it in the physical yet, but it is already real in the spirit realm, that's faith. That's faith. And you expectantly wait for it to be seen in the physical. Faith is now present tense. 
It's already been done because it's already been provided. The power has already been released, and faith simply connects you to what's already done. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And you know, when you're believing and trusting God for something and you believe that it's already done, it doesn't mean you have to go to your neighbor and say, that bill's paid. Some things you just deal with at home, but you definitely don't go to them and say, I don't know how I'm going to pay that bill. But don't be like Joseph and put what God's given you out and don't put your pearls before the swine. Scripture says, don't put your pearls before the swine. So just deal with what you need to at home. I don't know who that's for, but if you're just going to get criticism and, and uh, a lot of doubt thrown back at you, just you and God take care of it. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, NIV. says, but as surely as God is faithful. As surely as God is faithful. How sure is that? We've got to get to the point where we know it's sure. And that comes with getting to know God on a personal level. Relationship with Him and not just religion. Our message to you is not yes and no. Y'all have heard so many messages on, I'll say television, because I don't go hear people that talk this way, that say God sometimes answers yes, sometimes no, and sometimes wait a while, that I could scream. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. Jesus was not yes and no. But in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So all the promises in Christ are yes. And then our part is to say amen. And amen means so be it. To the glory of God. He said yes. We say let it be. So be it. And then that result brings glory to God. I don't, know how, I don't know how we got so far off religiously when this is, I don't know how it could get any plainer than this right here. If God promised it, it was fulfilled in Christ Jesus. It was provided for in Christ Jesus. And now it's a matter of me saying, let that be. So be it in my life. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. That's a powerful word. That's why we can talk present tense of faith. It's also stated in Hebrews chapter 11, which gives the definition of faith, uh, the biblical definition of faith. Hebrews 1 says, now faith is. When is faith? Always. It's always now. 
And I think this is going to help some people because you've been in hope, and today you're going to recognize, I've been in hope. Hope's great. Let's, let's move it on into faith. How do we do that? It's about relationship. It's about relationship. You can hope God can do something, but if you know God, you can know he did. There's a huge difference. I can hope you will do something. But let me tell you, if Dylan tells me he's going to do it, I know. Because I know Dylan from birth. There's a difference. So just start building that relationship with God. Get to know his character. Read about him. Look at Jesus. If you want to know who God was, look at, read Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Go in there. Read the red. And you'll see who God is because he was the perfect expression of the Father God. If you don't see Jesus do it, you didn't see God do it. He was the perfect imprint of God. Hebrews 11.1 1, Now... Faith is, oh, this is out of the Amplified. I forgot to tell you all that. Amplified so amazing with this verse. Now, faith is the assurance. What's my assurance? Where did the faith come from? The Word. In fact, you can put the Word, the Word, in here and say, now the Word is my assurance. Not the circumstances. The circumstances are not my assurance. My senses are not the assurance. Now the word overrides what I see. The word overrides what I hear. The word overrides what I feel. Now the word is my assurance. Now the word is my confirmation. Now the word is my title deed of the things that I was hoping for. That's what it says. The things that I was hoping for, now the Word is the substance, King James Version says. The Word is, the faith is the substance of the things that I was once hoping for. Being the proof of things that we do not see. Being the proof of the things we do not see. Well, I just can't see that. Well, do you have the word on it? Because if you have the word on it, the word becomes the proof of what you haven't seen yet. The word becomes the proof of what you have not seen yet. What have you not seen yet but you're hoping for? You. <laughs> what have you not seen yet? That you've been hoping for. Maybe you've been talking to God about it. Maybe you've been praying about it. What is that that you've been hoping for but you have not yet seen? Then you've got to get in the Word and find God's Word on it. And let that Word become the proof, the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. The proof of what you don't see yet. And the conviction of its reality. You know what? Because it really is out there. Because the spirit realm is more real than the physical realm. Because the spirit realm created the physical realm. So why can't we believe that what you're desiring, what you found in his word, is out there and it's available. And all we've got to do is 
Connect. Connect to it. Reality. It's it's in reality. It's because it's another realm doesn't mean it's not real. Reality. The spiritual is reality. It happens in the spirit first, then it happens in the physical. Spirit first, then the physical. Becomes their reality. Listen to this. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Faith is when we can get to the point that what he's promised is a reality before we see it with our senses. He wouldn't tell us this, y'all, if we couldn't live in it. And I know it's thick. And I know it takes effort. Because we have, to, we have to deal with this thing up here. And when doubt comes, we have to answer that doubt. We have to do something with it. And, and don't get mad at people who say what the Word says and you know they probably don't believe it yet. Because sometimes that's how we get to the point that we believe it. We're choosing it. We're choosing to let our words line up with the Word of God because we're choosing to believe it. We're forcing our brains to accept it. This isn't mind over matter. This is word over matter. And there's a huge, huge difference. So I ask myself the question, what proof do I need? What proof do I need for my faith? What proof do I need before I can praise God for it? What proof do I need before I can praise God for it? Because I have this thought quite often. There's some things that I'm ready to put an end to in my life. And I think, how would I praise if I found out yesterday that that had been taken care of? Because if I'm not there yet where I can praise Him now knowing that it's taken care of, then I'm in hope. Is the Word of God my title deed, my proof? Or do I look to the senses to see if God's Word is true? This is a tough lesson and I learned this lesson uh, at the loss of our son. And God gave me this sentence, and I use it all the time, and I, I don't apologize because we've got new people. But God, this is a revelation that God gave me. And I, I say I knew it, but it came to the point where I had to li- it had to become my bread, my daily bread. It had to become a revelation to me. We should judge our circumstances by the Word of God and not the Word of God by our circumstances. You'll hear me say it for the rest of my life. We should judge our circumstances by the Word of God and not the Word of God by 
our circumstances. Our circumstances do not change the validity of God's Word. This does. <laughs> you know, this is what keeps me from it. Not connecting. We can't judge God's credibility by human ability. Only Jesus is <laughs> the only human that we can, we can trust with that. But we can't judge God's credibility by what's happened in our lives. Because quite simply, there's times that I made stupid choices. Don't, please don't judge God off that. I have a son in heaven. Please don't judge God off of that. I still choose to believe the word of God. I have a dad. One of the greatest healing ministers that ever lived. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. He didn't die the way we, he didn't go to heaven the way we wanted him to. But I'm going to judge that by the word. And this is where the rubber meets the road when it's personal. Because we can't keep looking back at God and saying, God, why? We've got to check our mic pack. We've got to do a mic check. Because I believe His Word. And I'm working on it in several areas. You know, it's, it's a constant work. When I started studying this, I thought, God, these people know this. But yet, when I was, when I was doing my notes, I thought, oh, God, I need this. I so need this. I, I need this. And, and if, if, we don't, if we don't get this, then we're going to be disappointed with God and we're going to draw back and we're just going to quit using our faith. Because, I mean, by all means, if it happened to her, if it happened to him, what's the use of me even trying? Because the Word works for you. When we are in faith, when we are in faith, it connects us. And doesn't matter if 10,000 fall at my side. The scripture says, it will not come near me. Can we, did we learn that during COVID? I mean, did we get a revelation of that? We can't keep looking and judging the word of God by what's happening to our left or to our right. We've got to keep drawn in on the word. Otherwise, we're going to be disappointed. That'll pull us back from God. And he's our answer. If I'm in faith, the Word of God will be my proof and my words will line up with His words. If my, word, my words are not lining up with His Word, I'm not in faith. It's a great meter to determine where I am. It only makes sense that if faith comes from His Word, then when in faith, my words will come from His Word. So when I catch myself and my words are always going opposite of what, contrary to what the word says, I'm not in faith. And I need to do a little work. And it takes a little effort. I need to be listening to the word more. I need to be in relationship with God to the point that I can trust that when he said it, I can believe it. I can step out on it. So don't forget relationship 
in this lesson because I think it's huge. I think trust, trusting him, knowing that you're not the exception. Like this works for them and them and them, but it doesn't work for me because I did this or did that or lived this way or lived that way. No, all he's looking for, it's like, like lightning in the atmosphere looks for that lightning rod. It looks for that, that one thing that stands up and stands out. Mark, I probably should have had you explain this, my little weather watcher over there. But, but it's looking for that connection. And a lightning rod is out there so it'll strike the lightning rod and not your house. Right? Electrician and a meteorologist all right here together. I want to be that faith rod that all of this power that's just been hovering up here in the atmosphere, just looking to get the goodness of God to us, just looking to enable us to do the works of Christ, just looking for somebody he can bless somebody through. I want to be that one thing that stands up and says, I believe. Boom. (laughs) In honor of Mary. Boom. That's what he's looking for. I don't want to be the one withdrawn, hurt, because this happened in my life or that happened in my life, and I can't give a good explanation for it. Quit quit spending all your time at your whys. You're never going to move forward if you hang out in the past. Say, you know what, God, I don't know what happened back there, but this is what I do now. This is what I do now. I trust you. And if there's something I need to learn from back there, then you teach me. But I'm moving forward with your word. He didn't didn't put us down here to live defeated. He put us down here to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He put us down here to lay hands on the sick and to believe that no matter what happened yesterday... You could lay hands on the sick as a believer and they would be healed. Oral Roberts, somebody asked him, you've heard, probably heard my dad say this, those of you who have been here long enough. Somebody asked Oral Roberts in an interview, what are you going to do if somebody comes up in your prayer line and you lay hands on them and they fall over dead? He said, I'll look at them and I'll say, Next. That's why he had one of the greatest healing ministries this world has ever seen. Because he didn't let what happened and circumstances take away what he knew. And that is he served a good God. One who provided healing from day one to the last day. And he believed that and he acted on it and he didn't withdraw. That's where we want to be. Amen? Y'all can stand. Man, I needed this today. What I have found is that it's really amazing how quickly we default to negativity if we don't stay on top of it. And so that's why I called this a faith checkup because sometimes you just got to look at yourself and say, okay, there's a little area I might need a little vitamin fortification. (laughs) And one of mine was my my words, and making sure that they line up with his words. And, you know, with your kids, my goodness, you're a prophet in your home. You hear me? 
You're a prophet in your home. What you're speaking. And if you're, well, you always, and this negativity, your children trust you like you should trust God. And what you say, they believe. So if you tell them that they're lazy, guess what they're going to believe? If you tell them that they're always grumpy or, you know, whatever your negativity words are, I want you to catch yourself and say, I'm the prophet of this home. I'm the prophet of this home. We, it's a lesson we all need to be reminded of. Our words are powerful. They should match God's word. If God wouldn't look at your kids and say that to them, we sure don't need to. Because in your home, they look to you. They look to you as truth. It is true. Thank God I had parents that, that weren't negative. If you did, you've probably spent the rest of your life overcoming what was said to you. And you could probably still remember words that were spoken. Let's take that as a lesson and move forward and speak what God would have us to speak. Well, I can't say they're not lazy because they're lazy. Then you say, you know what? You're changing. You're becoming so helpful around here. You are becoming so helpful around here. We're going to go home and talk to Bays. There's <laughs> a little laughter going on over there. Kids are kids, but they're listening. Be the prophet of your home. Use your words. Amen. That was not in today's notes, but for what it's worth. Father, we're thankful that we have an option We're thankful that we don't have to be down here just letting life happen to us, beat us up, just run right over us. Father, you've given us an opportunity to trust you, to know you, to believe on you, to step out in faith. That we don't have to wonder and just go by the waves that are knocking us around on what we're going to do. But we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. And you're always speaking. Your word is right here, right here beside me. Your word is right here beside me. All I have to do is open it up and read it. And it can open up your thoughts to me, your wisdom to me. And Father, we need it. And we can ask for it all day long, but it's right here. So we turn our faith on to be a receiver of it, to be conscious of it, to look for it, to know that it's already released. Help us learn to be receivers. Any area that we're missing it, help us learn to just sit still and listen to what you have to say, that you have already released your goodness towards us. Father, I thank you that if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that the Holy Spirit would deal with them, that they would know that all they have to do to start on this journey is to call upon the name of the Lord, evoking Jesus as their Lord. Jesus, be my Lord. Jesus, I choose you to be my Lord. It doesn't have to be in any formal setting, but crying out to Jesus Saying, I need, I need a Lord. 
I need, I need someone to tell me what to do. That if they will do that, your, your word promises us that we will be saved. And saved is a big, big word. Delivered from temporal evils. Delivered from the things of this earth. That you have a way to help them opt out of what life has handed them. And that your life, well, it's abundant. And it is good. And we thank you, Father, if they do that, the Holy Spirit will make them born again. Their spirits will be made new. And then they can start renewing their mind, changing it by the reading of your word. We thank you for that opportunity. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And the church said, Amen. If you need prayer, 